In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. A question we sometimes ask ourselves as we're driving to church is, why are we coming here? Why are we coming to church? I remember when I briefly lived in Huntington Beach before I was married, I would come down PCH, and it's just a gorgeous drive on a Sunday morning, and some of you probably do it. And you look at the ocean, where am I? Why am I not there right now? <laughs> but sometimes we think we come to church just to learn things about God. And if we believe that it's primarily to learn things, we, some of us might have learned everything there is to know already. And maybe we can just take an int intensive course and get all the information. But we are not here just to learn things. We come to church every Sunday to offer thanksgiving, to offer sacrifice, to offer worship, and to remember who we are in a praying community. Of course, learning is a byproduct, but it's not the primary reason we gather around the altar every week. In our worship, we are reminded of many things. We are reminded, first and foremost, of who God is and who we are in relation to God and to each other. We come to church to be reminded that although we have been created in the image of God, we wander. As the prayer book says, we sin in what we have done and what we have left undone. But because of God's great mercy, we are welcomed back to the altar every week to receive forgiveness and absolution from Christ. We come back to the altar to cry, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. We can only cry out for God's mercy when we realize that we are not able to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind without God's unceasing love towards us. We cannot love our neighbor as ourselves apart from the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. So what are we to do? How do we go on living this Christian life week after week? We are to live in step with the Spirit and to take the posture of the thankful Samaritan from this morning's Gospel. This thankful Samaritan is a supreme example of a worshiper who knows who he is, he knows his own brokenness, his own sickness, and he knows who God is. He is not simply a sick man that is healed. If we only see this Gospel as a miracle story about healing, we're missing the larger point. One of the larger points is that God is showing us that salvation is extended beyond Israel. It's extended beyond those who are Jewish. It's not just for those who look like each other. But salvation is for all who put their faith and trust in Christ. After Jesus heals these ten lepers, he tells them to go and show themselves to the priest so that they can be reintegrated into the community of faith. The assumption here is that most of those who were healed were Jews, not Samaritans. The disease they had created physical and spiritual separation. If they became physically close to friends and family, there could be risk of infection. This meant that they were at the mercy of others to bring them food and other necessities. It's interesting, related to the sermon last night, Chow and I visited a priest friend who's a missionary in Vietnam to the Hill people, 
and he ministers in leper colonies. We don't think that leper colonies still exist, but he ministers to these leper colonies, and it's, it's an example of how the, the physical brokenness creates a spiritual brokenness, because they have to live separate from society. And so in this healing, Jesus heals them holistically. He restores them both body and soul. It is another reminder that poverty and sickness are never just physical in nature. There is always a spiritual, communal, and familial dimension to brokenness and poverty. It seems that after Jesus healed these ten lepers, that nothing more was required of them for them to go on with their lives. They were healthy, happy, back to business. But one of them, one of the nine, who was not a Jew, he was a Samaritan, had the urge to go beyond what was simply required. He was not content with just being healed and moving on with his life. He wanted to go back and give thanksgiving to the one who brought him wholeness. When we come to worship God, we use, the, we use many words, Mass, Holy Communion, Eucharist, but the word Eucharist itself means thanksgiving. One of the primary reasons we are here is to offer thanksgiving. And this is what this thankful Samaritan does. Although we wish to identify with this thankful Samaritan in the Gospel, most of the time we are like the nine others who continue to live their lives as normal after a transformative experience. We so quickly run to God in times of pain and anxiety, but we run away as things start to feel normal. We forget that everything we have is a gift of God. We stop counting our blessings. In order to give thanks, we must slow down and reflect on what we have to be thankful for. When things are going well and things are going fast, it's easy to forget about God and all that he has done for us. And this posture of forgetfulness, we not only forget what God has done for us, but we forget who we are and who God is. We can only develop a lifelong posture of thankfulness when we start to live in the Spirit through the disciplines of the Spirit. This means a mortification of old habits. Mortification is a great word that we don't use a lot, but it means the putting to death of old habits and the developing of new habits, which we often call spiritual disciplines. These disciplines are prayer, thankfulness, stillness. It's amazing how much stillness will lead us into thankfulness. This is why today's collect is a prayer for the increase in the virtues, the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Because our goal in the Christian life is to become like that Samaritan, that thankful Samaritan, each and every Sunday in our daily lives. This life and this posture of the Samaritan starts with prayer. And the prayer that the Samaritan offers is a prayer that is developed in the tradition known as the Jesus Prayer. And it is a great way to start our Christian lives. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.